Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, good people. Good afternoon, one and all. Oh, sorry about that, sorry about that. Making sure the information was pulled up. Um, I know it's been a while. Uh, it's been, what, uh, a little bit over a month? Did uh took some vacation time and everything with the family, went down to South Carolina, you know, to to get away, to refresh, to clear my head and everything. Have some other projects that I am currently working on, but nonetheless, we are back. Candid conversations, and today's episode is, I believe, is going to be a doozy. It's definitely going to be a doozy. Um. Giving a big, big shout out to my co-host, uh, Stacy Balmuda, a.k.a. Balmater and Mr. Ethan West. Um, definitely, you know, they're taking care of some things. They got projects of their own going on. But we're back in full swing. Uh, today's episode is going to be a short one today because after I get done uh, speaking with the fam, I will be heading over to a youth summit to catch the end of it um so that i will be in the process doing so we're going to go right into it of course getting giving a shout out to my mom sorry thomas fabulous finds also the big homie jeff breezy jeff brown jr and what he's doing uh happy people wednesdays and seafood and jazz fridays uh, so definitely check him out. Uh, he's doing some some great and big things. Today's going right into today's topic. Um, like I said, it's it's gonna be gonna be a heater. Uh, we coming back, shaking things up. So it is today's topic of conversation is: Are you or have you raised a narcissist? So. That that topic came about uh, just talking different individuals and their mindset, you know, and this sense of entitlement, entitlement that we have in society today um, in every aspect of a lot of our relationships. We feel that we're entitled to certain things, especially things that we didn't work for. You know, we just want them because we want them. And, you know, if you want something, definition of one is something that you don't have or that you are not. Uh, so this topic came about, like I said, speaking to different individuals and seeing their expectations of things and, you know, people who are uh, self-centered, you know, um, always have the need to to the need and want to have the attention all on them, the lack of empathy for other people and what they're going through. I see that is have become commonplace in today's society. Um, and then we wonder why our relationships are. Uh, excuse my friends, but fucked up, you know, and, and we don't the, the the base of any great and good relationship is that uh that one of mutual respect and also servitude you know you you serve one another you know not because you you have an expectation of getting your desires or your needs or your wants met 
But just because that's something that's in your heart to do for another human being, another individual, and especially those who are closest to you, you know, you you do something because you 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 know does you see that they're going through something, so you have the hopes of putting a smile on their face. And we know sometimes, you know, every act of kindness is not going to be reciprocated. We understand that. But we also have the expectation that it should, you know, and my question that I oppose to you is who said that it's supposed to be reciprocated? You know, would we like for it to be reciprocated? Of course we, of course we would, you know, it shows that, you know, that for who we've done things for or said, you know, action for that they appreciate it, you know, but what we have to understand is that even though they may not show appreciation at that moment we don't know what they're going through we don't know what's on their mind you know so we get mad a lot of times because people don't reciprocate the kindness to us you know so you know different things you know about a narcissist the definition of a narcissist is an extremely self-centered person who has an exaggerated sense of self-importance we we see that a lot in today's society um, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration. You know, we know people who always need attention, you know, and if they don't get attention, you know, when somebody else has the spotlight on them, they deliberately take the attention off of that person and put it on them. When they had nothing to do necessarily with the conversation, that person might have just needed to be heard. You know, might have needed some things to get off their chest, you know, but we know people that, you know, that that have to have the spotlight on them. You know, we we know those type of people, you know, and continuing on with the, the definition, you know, those who always have troubled relationships and a lack of empathy for others. You know, like I said, we know those type of people, you know. Some of us as parents and speaking as a father myself, <clears throat> we're raising those type of children who lack empathy, you know, who we're raising them that the world revolves around them, you know, and some of us as parents are narcissists because what we do for our children are not necessarily for them is to make us feel good as parents, you know, which you know, we have to also understand that there are, you know, um, doing doing some of the research. I, I noticed that there's at least eight forms of narcissism. You know, so, you know, the characteristics that, you know, I'll go over and that we'll talk about, we'll discuss, you know, doesn't necessarily fall under some of the you know, the the aggressive forms of narcissists. Sometimes there are, you know, forms of introverts who are narcissistic as well. You know, and, and, and we we've been in relationships with people who, you know, if if everything is not about them, you know, they don't care about, you know, what you're going through or what you're dealing with. They don't care about your feelings you know, all they care about is getting their needs, wants and desires met, you know, and sometimes in doing so, 
what ends up happening in those type of relationships, they can oftentimes become abusive. You know, and I know when 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 we hear narcissists, when we hear abuse, you know, we we automatically, you know, have come to the conclusion that it's physical, but it's not. You know, abuse is also psychological. Abuse is also emotional. You know, uh, uh, you can you can have forms of spiritual abuse. You know, and being a narcissist a lot of times falls under those, you know, forms of abuse. You know, so. Let's, you know, is, you know, just take a moment and think, you know, and uh, and also understanding that. Most narcissists will never admit that they're narcissistic. You know, they they look at it as maybe possibly learned behavior. You know, they look at it as this is just who I am. You know, when a lot of times it's who you are because maybe circumstances and situations that you've gone through, you know, so, you know, things that you didn't have growing up in your childhood. So you, you become, you know, extremely everything is about you you know, in different forms and fashions of your life, you know, so as we, as we take a look at, these are just, these are just a handful of some of the characteristics of narcissism, you know, and as I stated earlier, uh, you know, a few minutes ago, there's different forms of narcissism, different forms of narcissistic behaviors, you know, but these when reading some of these off some of these characteristics, you know, we oftentimes this is a lot of things that we instill in our children as parents. You know, uh, um, different different characteristics, you know, that children grow up to, and and one of the things that we have to understand, and that I don't think a lot of parents understand, is that whatever you instill in your child. It's going to become greater as an adult. So we're treating, we're raising our sons and daughters to be men and women that we wouldn't even date if, you know, once they reach that age. We're destroying our children. You know, but we 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 think that either, you know, it's forms of protection or, you know, we're using forms of manipulation to get our children to do what we want them to do or we're manipulating them to feel how we want them to feel instead of acknowledging how they feel. That's a form of narcissism. We don't have any empathy for our own children, children that have our DNA written in them. You know, but we give them everything that they want because maybe we didn't have it growing up, you know, so we spoil them to a point where they develop a sense of entitlement, which is part of narcissistic behavior. We raise them, you know, and, and when we, we raise them with a, with a form of entitlement, and then what we do is when they do something wrong, we destroy them. We beat them up. 
We manipulate them, you know, in, in, in emotionally, psychologically. How is that going to be good for the betterment, you know, of humanity going forward if this is what we're instilling in our own children? We have a, a, a prime example of narcissist, narcissism and narcissistic behavior. Look at our president. He's not, you know, this country's president, I should say. He's a narcissist. Everything revolves around him. He can do no wrong. Everything else, everyone else is the problem. Those are signs and characteristics of narcissistic behavior. This is how we, we raise our children with no accountability. You know, <clears throat> so there's a quote that uh, that says that children don't learn by what the adult says, but by who and what the adult is. So taking that quote and, and breaking it down even further, children don't learn, you know, uh, uh, uh most of the time by what we tell them not to do, what we tell them to do, how we tell them to do it. They watch our behavior. They watch how we respond and how we react to different circumstances, different things. They watch us, how we interact with people. And this is how children learn uh, uh, what what is called learned behavior. So when your children reflect who you are back to you by how they respond to you how can you get mad at the child they're showing you what you have showed them this is why it's always it's always been said that if if you want the truth ask a child because a child has to be taught to lie a child doesn't come into this the, a child coming it comes into this world in purity you know uh, um and in truth and in enlightenment and we end up dumbing children down we end up corrupting children children come on come in to to this reality to teach us to raise us up you know so what we have to do is begin to go back you know, and ask ourselves, how have we destroyed our own children? How have we destroyed? How have our parents destroyed us in a sense, you know, of some of these characteristics? And then we pass them down to our, our children. And then, you know, some of the older generation, they passed it down to their children, you know, and maybe they've gotten it right with their children's children or begin to get it right with their children's children. But because we don't like to have the hard and the difficult conversations with one another and then we expect each other to be mind readers how does that work because to my knowledge that doesn't work out it creates frustration in any relationship whether it's a co-worker whether it's a family you know uh, um, relationships whether it's an intimate relationships whether it's a spiritual or religious relationship it creates conflict because, you know, one of the things and I always use my children as as examples, you know, and, and the things that I've learned from them and, you know, learn with them and things that they've taught me, you know, and one of the things with my daughter is that sometimes 
when she's going through some of her mood swings, you know, she has a hard time verbally expressing how she feels. You know, so what I have learned have had to learn to do instead of getting frustrated with her, but understanding that it may be difficult to her because she may feel I don't want to disappoint my father. Which my children could never disappoint me because I don't have any expectations of them. I desire for my children to be the best them possible. Whatever road that takes them down, I'm here to help guide them through it. Any hurts and pains that they are experiencing, I'm help I'm here to help guide them through it. I don't expect them to to live the life that I should have had growing up. I don't expect them to be something that I wasn't growing up at their age. I I'm not living my life vicariously through my children. They are put on this earth for a purpose and for a reason. And it is my job as a parent to help guide them through that until until they reach their purpose. You know, but as parents, a lot of times, you know, we think that the world revolves around us. So if we have that thought, if we have that corrupt ideology, how do you think we're raising our own children? With the same narcissistic tendencies. But as I stated a few minutes ago, we're going to roll through some of the characteristics of a narcissist. You know, the first one is flies off the handle at the slightest disagreement or criticism. You know, uh, layman's terms, they're highly sensitive. You know, not people that's just, you know, sensitive you know, and, and can feel the energy coming off of others, you know, in conversation or, you know, different things that they may be going through. But people who you can't disagree with because they'll literally pick a fight with you for disagreeing. They feel as if your disagreement is an attack on them. That's a characteristic of a narcissist. We know a whole lot of people like that. You can't agree with you can't disagree with. You know, we may be in, in a relationship with that type of person. We know a lot of people like that at our jobs, some of which are in management. That they don't get their way, you know, they going to make every other every other co-worker, every every employee, they going to make their work day hell. We know people like that at work. We know people like that in our family. We know people like that in our in our community, at our church, you know, where wherever you go and, you know, at, at different meetings. We know politicians like that. You have to agree with them. Just a characteristic. Another characteristic is expect constant attention and admiration, but doesn't seem able to take your needs and feelings into consideration. In layman's terms, they lack empathy. We know a whole lot of people like that. They don't care about you. All they care about is what you can do for them. That's all they care about. If you don't meet their need, Going back to the first one, because you would you you disagreed to meet their need, they fly off the handle. 
It's your fault that they are the way they are. They take no responsibility for them for themselves and their actions. It's everyone else's fault. They lack empathy. They don't care about anybody. It's the same sense, you know, of someone who feels entitled. Like you're there just to serve them. They don't care if your needs get met, if your desires, you know, get met. They don't care about that. They don't. All they care about is what can I get from you? What can you do for me? That's it. We know a whole lot of people like that. We know a whole lot of people who lack empathy for others. And then when they show it, we can tell, we can feel that it's fake. <laughs> we know so many people like that. It's just not one or two. And don't get me wrong, you know, in, in some degree, we all have forms of narcissistic tendencies within us. You know, and as we continue to read off, you know, more characteristics, a lot of these characteristics is all built inside of our ego. Let that marinate for a minute. Because our ego, everything has polarity. You have the light, you have the dark side of everything. But it's all on the same plane. Sometimes you can't tell where one ends and one begins. Most of the time you can't. So you, where your ego can be good, this is the side, the dark side of your ego that goes all bad. So let us continue. We, you know, we covered the, uh, the sense of entitlement, but this one right here, someone who thinks they're better than everyone else and should be treated as such. Now we definitely know people like that. We definitely know people like that, you know, and, and like I said, it all goes back, you know, to learn behavior. Our parents, you know, our grandparents, people, you know, uh, uh, that we grew up around. Now, continuing on with some of the characteristics, you have uh, manipulation, someone who takes advantage of others, you know, and that goes hand in hand with you know, people who don't, you know, take anyone else's needs or feelings into consideration. It goes hand in hand with that Manipula manipulation. We know a lot of people who manipulate. You know, uh, a lot of them are family members. You know, when they sit up here and they they talk to you so they can manipulate your emotions and your feelings about another individual in the family so you can pick sides of a family member 
We know a whole lot of family members like that who manipulate each other, who manipulate, you know, uh, uh, individuals in the family to get what they want. And then when you go ask them for something, you know, they they act like, you know, uh, uh, you done cursed at them. We definitely know family members like that. Well, what you asking me for? Go ask such and such. They got everything. Hold, hold up. But it doesn't matter. I came to ask you. Now, if you're not unable to do it, just say that. But such and such ain't got nothing to do with the conversation that we having. We know that one person in the family who asks everybody else whether for, for money, for uh, uh, it, for not just money, but resources, period. But when but anytime the family member go, the family goes back to this particular individual, it's always a problem. And this one right here, people who are extremely self-absorbed, always talks about themselves. Now, these type of people, you, you, you notice these type of people because these are the ones that when, when someone, when others are having conversations, they have to crowbar the conversation to bring the spotlight onto them. That goes back up to the definition of, you know, has an exaggerated sense of self-importance. They come in and they just take over the conversation. The conversation had nothing to do with you. The conversation was about other people. Someone else was expressing what they were dealing with, you know, or, or what a family member was dealing with to help get clarity, you know what I'm saying, or to get stuff off of their chest. And then... That individual comes in and crowbars themselves into the conversation as if the conversation has always been about them. We know people like that. It's a form of narcissism. Someone who is passive aggressive. We know a lot of people like that. We know uh, we have maybe, you know, exhibited this type of behavior ourselves. But we know a lot of people who is passive aggressive. Another characteristic of of narcissism is someone who has a superiority complex. And it goes, you know, it goes hand in hand with being self-absorbed. It goes hand in hand with um, expects con constant attention and admiration, uh, but doesn't seem able to give you know your needs and feelings into consider take your needs and you know feelings into consideration it goes hand in hand with that i'm you know you're beneath me so i i don't need to sit here and listen to your gibberish let's talk about me we know people like that we know people who are secretly envious of others you know, they 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 give you praise verbally, you know, in front of your face, but then secretly in their heart, in their mind, they don't want you to do well. They don't want you to succeed because then they can't get what they want out of you. They can't manipulate you. So they're envious of you when the, when in all actuality and reality, they might have more than you. 
but they're still envious of you. Be and, and it's not necessarily because of what you have. It might be because of what you're doing. It may be because you stop being afraid of sitting there and letting people beat on you and talk down to you and you develop a sense of uh, of uh, of love for yourself and you say you know what I'm not taking this no more so because you decided to stand up for yourself you decided to do better for yourself they may be envious of that it's just not necessarily your possessions but it could be they're envious of your character. They're, they may be envious of who you are because they're afraid to be who they truly are at their core. So they live vicariously through you and then envious of you because, you know, uh, uh, you're not going to take any BS from anyone. You're not going to allow people to talk down to you or talk a certain way to you or treat you a certain way. So because of you, you're coming into your true self, they may be envious of that because they may have fears and regrets for not doing it themselves. Someone who has boundless ambitions. We know people like this. We know family members like this. You know who, you know, they never finish one project but they're doing 15 other projects. You know, just one day, you know, this, this something is going to break. Yeah, that's good. It's good to have ambition, but then boundless ambition, you begin to have toxic ambition because now it goes back to now in order for, to, for your success, you know, you start manipulating people, you start manipulating things. You start manipulating feelings and emotions and things that are going on. You start using manipulation to get it and to get your way. But you yourself never, you know, uh, 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 finish one project before you start on another project. And it's good to, you know, saying if that's your purpose to have multiple projects, that's great. That's awesome. Because you know who you are in the divine I applaud that with anyone I don't care who you are but when you sit and you you know my father has always told me and my siblings you can be a jack a jack of all trades and a master of none and to this day is that saying has always stuck with me and I didn't quite understand it in my younger years. And when I say my younger years, I'm, I'm saying my mentally immature years. I didn't fully quite comprehend what he was saying. But then as I matured spiritually and emotionally and psychologically, I understand now what he was saying. He was saying that you can have 15 different things on the table. And you don't and you've never accomplished one. You've never thoroughly accomplished one. So, yes, I can say that I have multiple projects going on, 
But how can I move on to the next project if I can't do one consistently? If I can't put my all in one project that I'm doing within that moment, what is the purpose of having multiple projects? Just to say that I have multiple projects going on just because I, I want my ego to be stroked and inflated? I don't care about that. My purpose is to build a legacy for my children. My purpose is what I'm doing right now in helping the, uh, uh, the fam have difficult conversations, creating content and people giving me content that they may have a concern of having these type of conversations with their family or with their loved ones or with their significant other or their spouse or their friends or their coworkers. So because I have emboldened myself to do just this, to help guide us through these difficult conversations, this is part of my purpose. But the last one of the last characteristics that I have written down here is a person who takes no responsibility for their behavior or how it might affect others. Man. One of the things that I can say is that we've all been there. We've all done that. We've all put blame others for our actions or how we've responded to them. We have blamed them instead of taking accountability and owning taking ownership for ourselves. We've all done that. And so what ends up happening is that you attract people to you who don't take accountability for themselves and how they treat others. They take no accountability for it. You know, someone, you know, I, I work I work in the car industry and a lot of salesmen, I've worked at multiple dealerships, a lot of salesmen refuse to take accountability for them dropping the ball with a customer. But it's everyone else's fault, it's services fault, it's details fault, it's the body shop's fault. Instead of them telling the customer, you know what, I'm sorry, ma'am, sir, I dropped the ball. No, they don't take accountability for it. They say we dropped the ball. They put the blame on everyone else instead of taking accountability for themselves. We know, like I said, we know people like that in every circle that we run in. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily a narcissist, but like I said, they have narcissistic tendencies. We all know people like that who are so self-absorbed that no one else matters but them. Reading some of the comments, you know, here, you know, and, and coming towards the end, you know, of this episode, you know, um, Phil Clark said he worked with some. I, I, I believe it. I, I believe it, you know, I, I, I work with some people, you know, who have all of those, all of those characteristic traits and more, 
You know, and like I said, you know, when you do your own research and your own study of narcissism, it's just not labeled under one category. But in doing my research, I found at least eight. You know, you have introverts, you have extroverts, you know, who are narcissistic. You know, then, of course, you have your just blunt narcissist. We all know people like that, you know, um, Lanice, Lanice, I, I appreciate your honesty. This is what the show is all about, you know, is honesty and, you know, and, and being accountable for ourselves. You know, you, you said that, you know, you was a narcissist at one point in time. I was also myself. I thought my relationships, I thought people there were to, were, were to serve me. You know, most of my relationships, you know, went to shit because of my narcissism. You know, so I, I get it. I, I get it. You know, I didn't have, I had boundaries for everyone else but myself. You know, and in within my relationships, I I never sat down with the individual and, and come to a mutual understanding and respect. I didn't. You know, and the ones, you know, that taught me and showed me how narcissistic that I was. I will always love and appreciate them to this day and beyond. You know, and those were, I, I can say in my relationships, uh, some of them were family members, you know, and, and in my intimate relationships, the women that, you know, respected me and loved me enough to point out those tendencies. I thank, love and appreciate them. You know, but one thing that I understand today is that each relationship was part of my life's lesson to get me to the point that I am now. Did it hurt? Yes, it did. I've destroyed some people I'm not proud of. I destroyed some lives I'm not proud of it. But I can sit here before you today and take ownership for my actions. I can take ownership for my deception, my deceit, my manipulation. I can take ownership of that as a man. And further, further beyond just being a man as a human being. So in order to do that. I had to question everything that I had been taught, everything that I learned from other individuals, everything that I picked up, other characteristics from other individuals, I had to take ownership for allowing myself to take on all of that. See, we think taking ownership is taking ownership for other individuals' actions. No, we've taken ownership for how we respond to those people who treat us a certain way. We can only control who and what we are. We can't control other people's actions. We can't control how other people talk to us. How we can control what we 
what we can control is us. It's the only thing on this planet that we can control. Because if you notice the things that humanity has tried to control, even with the elements and even with nature, even in this world, we have destroyed it. Everything that we as human beings have taken control of, we have destroyed. When what we were supposed to do was observe the fluidity of that thing. Another thing Miss Tate said was that as a kid, she was abused and felt the world owed her. Mm. Broke a lot of good relationship in her life because of it. Do you know how big that is to admit that? To come to grips with that? To own how you responded after the, the, the abuse that you've gone through? We know a lot of parents verbally abuse their children, emotionally abuse their children. I know, I know parents, mothers and fathers, if you loved me, you wouldn't. If you love me, you would. That's, that's a form of psychological abuse. And then what ends up happening is we take that, that toxicity into our relationships as an adult and we become outcome based. Well, if this person loved me, they wouldn't. If this person loved me, then they would. Who said? And then you get disappointed because your expectations is on that person's responding to you. It's a form of narcissistic behavior. These topics come about because... Like I said, I talk to all different types of people from all different walks of life, all different career paths. This is where a lot of these topics come into play. You know, and we are going to continue to have these type of conversations and dialogue. I know some of you don't like it. That's fine. That's fine. I wish that I had people growing up that I could have had these type of conversations with. I wish I had people growing up who these type of conversations didn't bring upon a, 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 a sense of judgment. I'm not looking. I don't when I talk to people about different things that I've gone through in my life, I don't look for sympathy. It is a way for me to become emboldened and empowered in my own life. See, while you worried and concerned about how people are going to perceive you and how they're going to look at you and how they're going to judge you, what's happening to you is that you are lying to yourself. And in lying to yourself, you're lying to others and in lying to others, they're innately going to lie to you. 
But until you come to the realization and acknowledge and accept who and what you have become today, right now, at this moment, you, you can never begin the healing process because you refuse to acknowledge who you are. And then we give our, ourselves terms and we label ourselves as certain things when that's not who the divine has called you to be. And when I say the divine, I'm not speaking religious. I'm talking about that, that, that deep voice inside of you that you have suppressed. Your intuition that you have suppressed. That's the, that's the divine that I'm speaking of. The one that gives you dreams and visions at night. That's the divinity that I'm speaking of. Until you ask yourself, what have you been put and placed on this earth, in this reality, in this time? You're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. And until you acknowledge who and what you have become outside of your divinity, you will never end up where you're supposed to be in the sense of the divine, not the sense of society, not the sense of religion, not the sense of your parents, not the sense of your job, but who you are supposed to be. And these type of conversations have to be had in order for us to get there. Each individual, for us to get there, these type of conversations have to be had. And I know that it's easy to, you know, for us to throw dad to the wayside, you know, when he messes up or, you know, when he does something cruel, you know, but when we allow mom to get away with all types of things. Have we come to the realization of that? Have we come to the realization that it's okay to hold everyone accountable? Not just a particular individual and then we let others get away with what we blew down on somebody else about? See, those type of conversations are, are hard to have. Have you went, you know, have, have you... Um, have you taken the time to go to your mom or your dad or your father or your mother, you know, and, and, and told them genuinely that you forgive them? And not looking for an outcome, not expecting a specific outcome, but to release you from the anger and from the anxiety and, for the and from the depression that you're going through. Forgiveness is not for the individual that we're forgiving. Forgiveness is for us. But that's another topic. That's another topic, another conversation. But like I said, these are the these are the conversations that we have to have in order to to heal ourselves individually, in order to heal our family. And in order to heal our community and in order to heal our world, we have to have these type of conversations and doing having these type of conversations, we have to set we have to and, and after the conversation is had, 
solutions need to be acclimated and the process begun. But if we can't talk about the hard things, how can we look for the process to begin? But my time is up for this episode. This has been another episode of Candid Conversations. I'm your host, Mark D.